title of the message tonight is remember who's got your back. If you're taking notes, remember who's got your back. If you're a guest here with us tonight, my name's Jared. I'm one of the worship pastors here. And I'm excited. Tonight I got to do a little double duty. I got to perk. I got to preach. It's, it's great. I, uh, I picked my son up from school today. And he was on the other end of the school hallway. So all the parents are there, you know, picking up their kids. And he yells, hey, Dad, why are you so fancy today? <laughs> so, you know, my face turned pretty red and made all the parents laugh. It was a good time. I said, because I'm preaching today, Jaden. <laughs> oh, I'm excited about the word God gave me for us tonight. So if you're taking notes, remember who's got your back. Tonight very much is a stirring message. My prayer tonight is that you would walk out of these doors stirred, motivated to press into some of those things that God's been laying on your heart but you've been shying away from. How many of you guys have seen in the movies or maybe in real life I'm going to use this example. Sometimes a bully gets a lot more bold and a lot stronger when he's got his crew behind him, right? If you like to lift weights, sometimes you might attempt a heavier weight when you know who's spotting you. Because you know if you start to drop that weight, that they're going to be right there to help you out. Reminds me of a movie. Uh, I watched this the other day with my kids, Pete's Dragon. How many of you guys have seen Pete's Dragon? I, I love this scene. This little boy, Pete, he's in the woods. He's, he's basically being raised by this dragon in the woods. They're buddies. They're pals. And Pete's at uh, uh, the edge of a river, and he's getting a drink. And then this big grizzly bear comes up to him, stands on his hind legs, growls at him. And Pete basically just stares down that bear and growls right back at him. Because he knew his dragon was right behind him. And then you see the dragon pop his head out of the, the woods 20 feet tall. And the bear runs off scared. Sometimes we forget who's got our back as followers of Christ. Sometimes we forget how big the one is who's got our back. Amen? Let's just start off. Let's go to God's word. Turn to Ephesians 6 if you brought your Bibles. We're going to look at Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 13. Popular portion of Scripture. The armor of God. The Apostle Paul here is writing to the church in Ephesus. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. God's giving you what you need. I use the, the example of lifting weights. You can 
attempt a heavier weight when you know who's spotting you. And how many times do we, as Christians, we don't go for that heavier weight because we don't want to get hurt on the other side. We, we're, we're afraid what's going to happen. We forget who's spotting us. And listen, I, raise your hand if you like to work out. Raise your hand. Okay, I got some people. It's resonating. How many of you people don't like to? Now, listen, when I say like to work out, refusing to go to the gym is not resistance training, okay? So when you, when you raise your hand, you got to, it means actually going there, you know. How many of you guys don't like to work out? It's okay. Some people are, how many, how many limbs can I get up in there? It's all good. It's all good. So tonight, I just want us to walk away with two points to remember. I mean, we could camp here for days and days. But tonight, I want it tonight to be simple. I want you to walk away tonight not with some head knowledge, but with some, some practical. Let's put some things into practice when I walk out of these doors. Because the church, we're not into motivational speaking, right? We're into... Bible teaching, that tomorrow, after you leave here tonight, tomorrow will be different because you had a moment with God and the Holy Spirit was speaking to you. That's my prayer for us tonight. And so at the end of the service, I'm going to ask Amanda to come back up, and I want her to sing that song again. I want to leave a little space for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Two things. If you're taking notes, two things. First one I want us to remember is faith. Faith. When you're facing a battle that seems unwinnable, when you're coming against some odds that in the natural, everybody's saying there's no way this can happen, there's no way you're going to get through this unless you do this, this, and this. But all the while, God is speaking something different. How many of you guys know God knows the end from the beginning? He knows exactly what you need to do, when you need to do it. Jesus says, follow me. Even if it doesn't make sense here, right? We got to have faith. Faith is not something, I, I want to submit something to you guys. Faith is not something we need to necessarily manufacture. I believe faith, and the easiest way, the most practical way to stir up your faith, and I spoke this to the, the choir here last night a little bit, the easiest way to stir up your faith is to remember God's faithfulness. Remember God's faithfulness. The easiest way to stir up your faith is to remember all those times in your life, looking back, when you say, man, I don't know how I got through that. I probably shouldn't have made it through that. Man, God was really watching over me during that season of my life. Raise your hand if you can remember a moment when you can say, I don't know how I got through that. Woo. God is good. That's why the Israelites... After the exodus, they, God brought them miraculously out of Egypt. They saw signs, wonders, miracles, led by a pillar of cloud by day, fire by night. Saw the, the 
a C part. Miraculously fed with manna, water springing up out of a rock. God provided. Even their, their sandals didn't wear out. For years in the wilderness, God provided. But every step of the way, you see them setting up altars of remembrance because we forget things real quickly, don't we? It can be really easy through tests and trials to get caught up in the moment and just keep our eyes on the storm around us. Oh, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how this is going to work out. And we forget who's got our back and who is with us every step of the way and who, at the end of the day, is running the show. Amen? And he says, follow me. Because our Bibles say that he works all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his plan and purpose. We got to believe that. We got to have faith in that. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now just think about that for a second. God is more than able to do infinitely more than you might ever ask or think. Think about it. Your wildest thought of what you think God could do, he could do more and better. I mean... And so many times we try to fit an infinite God and his infinite wisdom into our finite thinking. That's worse than trying to fit a marshmallow into a keyhole. That's worse. It's like you can't, you can't even comprehend that. But church, do you believe that tonight? If you're going through a trial, a test, I want to submit to you. Stir up your faith. Remember God's faithfulness. Remember how good he is because he's never going to leave you or forsake you or let you down. His provision might look different than what you think it should look like. He might come through for you in a way you didn't see coming. I'm up here I'm serving here as a worship pastor, and when I was younger, I never had this on the radar at all. But amazing things happen when you just say, yes, Lord. I hear you, and I'm going to obey. It doesn't make sense here, but, Lord, I trust you. And sometimes through life, through situations, through patterns, through history, we can lean on our own strength real easily. Especially if you've gotten good at it, you know what I'm saying? If you've gone through some stuff in your life and you've had to fend for yourself and you've had to just dig in your heels and say, if, this, if I don't do this, it's not going to happen, so I'm going to do it. So we have to get to that place where we have faith in who's got our back. And let him do the fighting for us. 
Just like that little boy Pete growling at the grizzly. Pete didn't scare the bear off. The one behind him did. Amen. Is that resonating with somebody tonight? If the enemy is chirping at you, is speaking lies to you, all you got to do is say, get out of here. I know who's got my back. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yep. Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. I love Psalm 27. One of my favorite psalms. Psalm of David. It's really a psalm of faith. David proclaiming, it's, it's really a, a faith statement. I want to read it out of the New King James Version tonight. Verse 13 and 14. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And right there you could say, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. You could say, unless I had faith that I would see the goodness of, of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We see here the relationship between faith and endurance. Faith and endurance, and that brings us to the second point I want to talk to you guys about tonight. Endurance. I like to run. Uh, I, I haven't gotten out very consistently, you know, in a while. I need to. Pants are starting to get tighter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> how, how many of you guys like to run? The thing about running, it helps you build endurance. And it's not always fun. In, in running, there's, they call it the wall. If you runners out there have ever hit the wall, you know what I'm talking about. You hit the wall where you feel like your body can't go anymore, that you need to stop and catch your breath. But if you continue running through that, you get your second wind. And all of a sudden, it starts to feel good, and you're like, oh, man, I, I got this. I got a rhythm. I got a stride going. Feels good. But you got to get through that wall. But the only way to bust through that wall is to keep going. Right? Endurance. Unless you actually get your feet to the floor and do it, you're not going to build your endurance. And I say that to encourage you tonight because we see a clear connection in Scripture between faith and endurance. How do you endure through the trials, the tests, this good fight of faith, the Bible calls it. Paul calls it a good fight of faith. How do you endure? It's by stirring up that faith, remembering who God is, remembering who's got your back. In Ephesians 6, when we talked about the armor of God, it's been said that all the armor was, is for your front. Because God didn't design us to turn away from the enemy and run because he's got our back.
Let's turn to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. I want to read this to you. I love James, book of James, earthly brother of Jesus. James doesn't mess around. Book of James, I love it. Verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, listen, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. I love here how God ties faith and endurance. Verse 3, for you know that when your faith is tested... Your endurance has a chance to grow. So I want to encourage you tonight. If you are going through a test, a trial, if you're up against some odds that you, maybe tomorrow you don't know how it's going to go. Maybe by the end of the week, the end of the month, I don't know. God knows though. And the Bible tells us count those opportunities as joy because God is growing your faith in him. Because at the end of it all, you're going to see his goodness. You're going to see him glorified. You're going to see him pull you through. And it's going to be another one of those moments where you can look back and say, Lord, you were there for me the whole time. It didn't look like I thought it was going to look. But, Lord, I can't deny that you were there. Amen? And listen, tonight, if you... Maybe that message, maybe you're not going through anything. Maybe life is great. Maybe there's nothing, no worries, awesome, no cares. But you know what? There's a lot of people around you that are going through some stuff. And God never called us to live our walk with Christ alone on an island or on the sideline. God calls you to get in the mix and help somebody else. Amen? Minister to somebody else. It's a, I always counsel people, if... If you're struggling in an area, maybe a, a low, a depression, go minister to somebody that's got it worse off than you, and you're going to see how blessed you are. Amen? We got to remember... Without the tests, there's no such thing as endurance. Without the trials, what good is endurance? It's nothing. The very definition of endurance, if you look it up, it means to persevere, to push through. Through hard times, through difficult stuff. And throughout the canon of scripture, you see People persevering, pushing through the saints, the Old Testament, New Testament. You see people God loves, God sets apart. 
but they still go through some stuff. When Jesus says, follow me, he doesn't guarantee that life's always going to be easy. Amen. We're going to go through some stuff. But what's going to set us apart from the world is how we handle it. Because we lean on our God. We know who's got our back. We know where our peace comes from. It doesn't come from the world. It doesn't come through things that shift and change culture, my likes on Facebook and Instagram. It doesn't come from any of that. Our peace, our foundation is found in God and God alone through the truth of his word and what he says about us and who he says we are, that we're his children, that we're set apart. Christians, the old, in the, in the New Testament, in, in the Greek, they were called the ecclesia, the set apart. God sets us apart. We look different than the world. We act different. We speak different. Amen? We are in the world, but we're not of the world. And that's when people say, man, what's different about you? I want some of what you have because I'm hurting right now, and I don't know how to handle this. But, man, you just, I don't know what it is about you, but there's something about you. And that's your moment when you say, it's all because of Jesus Christ. Because he changed my life. That's called witnessing to people without even saying anything. It's your life that speaks louder than your words. I'm getting off my notes. We got to remember who's got our back. We got a couple minutes left. I want to share a, a story. This is in 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. I'm going to give you the, the elevator version of it, the shorter version. The Arameans are at war with Israel here in 2 Kings. And they keep trying to, to ambush the nation of Israel. And so... The king of the Arameans, he, he keeps kind of setting up shop, and he gets his army in position. And then Elisha, the prophet Elisha, warns the king of Israel numbers of times, numerous times. And finally, the king of the Arameans, he kind of says, man, what is going on? Who's the traitor? Who keeps warning the Israelites that I'm waiting for them? And then they say, it's, it's the man of God. It's the prophet, Elisha. It's, we, it's not a traitor. He's telling the king of Israel even what you're speaking in your, in your quarters because God is speaking to Elijah. God is warning Elisha. And so the king of the Arameans, he kind of, he says, all right, this has got to stop. I'm done with this guy. And so they go to him and they set up an ambush. They set up an ambush. And that's where we pick it up in verse 15. Elisha's servant goes outside and he he sees what's going on when the servant of the man of god got up early the next morning and went outside there were troops horses and chariots everywhere and he says oh sir what will we do now how many of you guys have been in one of those spots what am i going to do now i have lots of times Amen or oh me. 
The young man cried to Elisha, and Elisha says, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Listen to this. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, so the Lord gave him a glimpse into the spirit realm and what was actually going on. He saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. We have to remember who's got our back. When everything around us has us saying, how am I going to get through this? We have to stir up our faith. Remember how good he is. Remember what he says about you. Remember how he says he's going to come through for you. And endure. Push through. Push through. So you got to stay close to God. you got to keep feeding yourself with the things of God. I don't know what I had last Monday for breakfast, but I know it sustained me. So you have to sustain yourself on the things of God every day. Press on. Endure. And as you do, your faith is going to grow. Time and time again, in the Bible, we see God right there. With his people, through it all, through every season, Daniel in the lion's den, David going up against a giant, Elisha with an army coming up against him, making a dry road through the sea and paying the price for us in full on the cross. God loves you, and he will take care of you. Don't ever doubt that. Amanda, where are you at? Come on up. I want to just take a, a, the last couple of minutes. Can we just all bow our heads? I don't know where you're at with the Lord. You may be here tonight and say, my relationship with God is good, it's strong. You may be here tonight and you might say, my walk's gotten a little sleepy. And I asked Amanda to come up and play that song again. I just want to ask, with every head bowed and every eye closed, right now, with no one looking around, if you're in here and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or maybe you did at one time, but you've fallen away and you want to get your life right with God again and you want to rededicate your life to Christ. And right now in this place tonight, you want to say, I'm tired of living the way I've been living. God, I want you. I want all of you. Come into my heart. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask, just raise your hand right now, nice and high, and we're going to pray together. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for stepping out. Appreciate that. Let's pray. Everyone join together. Father God, right now, I ask you to come into my heart. Lord Jesus, 
Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to forgive others. Forgive me of my past. My life is yours. Your resurrection life is now mine. And I thank you that I'm not the same person I used to be. That right now, I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.